0: gender forking a twilight saga podcast podcast by the twilight saga we're talking about the final chapters of twilight this is kind of the season finale actually that's right we should read the last two weeks of quotes because we haven't recorded for two weeks do you want to alternate i sometimes i see them like on the internet but i like i let my eyes glaze over yeah
1: (laughs) i saw like one word of one when i clicked like i pulled up the website before we started recording and so i saw one word of one and i was like (gasps) (laughs)
0: <laughs> Midnight Sun quote 5 is what happens when you click on it. Very short. Maybe I would attempt a more dynamic form of dazzling. Wow. I love the the dazzling discourse of twilight. Yeah, absolutely. Edward trying to court Bella. Not much there, so let's move on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's like we uh, get it. We get it.
1: <laughs> okay. Emmett, I breathed. I'll buy you a new Jeep. <laughs> he chuckled once and then in red it says no worries which i assume is Emmett thinking oh yeah maybe yeah because the rest of the text is in black and then in red it says no worries which makes me think that that's like how um these quotes are going to denote other people's thoughts
0: he says i breathed which means that i think he's whispering to Emmett. so maybe they're at school like in the cafeteria yeah wow oh my god (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is so exciting. Emmett! The Emmett content. <laughs> oh, wow. wow, I love that. Okay, next one. Oh, shit! Okay. Now we drive till the pavement ends. <laughs> and what's there, she asked, at the pavement's end? An empty forest, a total lack of witnesses, a monster, a trail, he says. A monster? Dude, relax. Okay. <laughs> next one. Oh, this is long.
1: At first, I moved slowly at barely more than human speed as I showered, cleaning the residue of the forest from my skin and hair. As before, in the car, I felt damaged, impaired, as if my strength had been drained away. All in my head, of course, it would be nothing but a miracle, a gift, if I could somehow truly lose my strength, if I could be weak. Harmless, a danger to no one. He's showering. He showers. <laughs> I mean, like I think we've talked about this before because, like, I've thought about this before, but it's kind of like any inanimate object.
0: Like, yeah, they're not producing their own dirt, but Rhyme, like yeah. they're getting dusty. He was in the forest. Yeah, as before in the car, I felt damaged. It's like what car ride is this? There's so much car time. In the story. Like, it could be a Port Angeles thing. It could be after the meadow. That was
1: (laughs) thrilling.
0: Yeah, it was. (laughs) Okay,
1: I love the discourse of, like, the monster. This is how I'm going to transition into this. I just read a book called The Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires. It was super good. It was horror. It wasn't, like, classified as fiction. It was, like, in the horror section. It was obviously also fiction. But it was... (laughs) 9000 times scarier than any other (laughs) vampire thing i have ever read it was like extremely violent also like very funny it's about this book club who um is obsessed with reading like true crime and horror books and it's like a in charleston south carolina in the 1980s and 90s and it's a it's like all these housewives who are really well off one of them gets attacked by her elderly old neighbor who has like gone crazy the neighbor dies and then after the neighbor dies this young man moves in who is like her great grand nephew and he is from first glance in the book obviously a vampire like can't go outside during the day Mm -hmm. Um, obvious to the reader not obvious to the Mm. characters but you kind of want to shake them the whole like story revolves around them um coming to terms with the fact like discovering that he's a vampire and he um is like doing harm in their community by like hurting people and Mm -hmm. drinking their blood and it's like more involved than traditional vampire like biting lore it's super gross like super super uh like violent and sexual and it's really really awful and I read the entire 400 page book yesterday in like six (laughs) hours (laughs) and it was love that I think what struck me was that I have also recently read Carmilla which is really short and it's not creepy I mean it's creepy a little bit but it's not very scary it's like it's not at all like scary in the way that this book was and it's I think it's like helped put into perspective what Edward thinks of vampires mm. because this character was not sympathetic at all. He was a monster. He honestly didn't even have very much book time, which is really interesting because obviously in Twilight, Edward is a main character mm. um, and a lot of the story he's present um, mm. and in a lot of this, he like the vampire character is not so you don't Mm -hmm. get to sympathize with him at all, really. And it was really a great book. I highly recommend it.
0: If you're, I really want to read it. Vampire stuff. Yeah. I'm reading Dracula slowly. Oh, wow. Like every once in a while, I read Dracula. (laughs) It's very fun. The main character, I don't even remember his name, but he finds out that Dracula is a vampire, like pretty, pretty rapidly. And I was just reading a bit the other day where (laughs) he's like witnessing it's honestly kind of funny like in a dark way he's witnessing dracula like doing more and more like weird inhuman things and my favorite one so far has been when he looks out the window of like the fortress castle that they're in and he sees dracula like a lizard crawling up and down the stonework of the building (laughs) oh my god (laughs) down the side of the face the stone face (laughs) It's very fun. Anyway, Dracula's great. Really enjoying those vampire lores. Well, we read the rest of the book today, twenty three, twenty four, and the epilogue. And um, I gotta say, reading the epilogue
1: of this book made me angrier than yeah. the entire time I read the. Other oh book. my god!
0: <laughs> I'm lit. This was so much fun. I like didn't remember any of this because it's it's been a long time because it's different than life and death. Yeah.
1: Let's do the Forks cast before we forget. For sure. So today in Forks, it's 72 degrees and sunny. Honestly, it's going to be sunny all day, all of tomorrow. It's only going to rain a couple of times this week. It's a great day to be in Forks, a great week to be in Forks. It's a little humid, but other than that, they're having a great time. Cool. Chapter
0: 23, the shortest chapter? Yes. Super short. This is, it's painful. It's, that's all, it's just pain. Yeah, it's really sad. (laughs) Bella was getting fucked up where we left off, and uh, yeah, uh now she's fucked up. Bella um, thinks she's
1: dead. She thinks she's, like, dead, dead. Yeah. Which makes me wonder, like, how many people who have experienced, like, extremely experience. violent experience mm. think they're dead because of the amount of, like, stress their body goes through or whatever.
0: You know what? Now that we're talking about it, I- what a parallel to the end of New Moon when Edward thinks he's dead because he sees- Bella and she thinks she's dead because she hears edward oh my god you're <laughs> right
1: <Wait. laughs> okay. i love that
0: parallels. stephanie i see you um also this had huge cliff diving vibes for me this first page where she describes herself as being underneath dark water and she thinks she's hallucinating edward really reminded me of new moon especially like the pain she's feeling and i don't know just being out of control
1: Yeah, last time we were talking about how James hasn't yet bit Bella, which I think happens at the very beginning of this chapter. She says that she was brought back almost to the surface by a sharp pain, slashing her uprised hand. She couldn't, like, find the way to open
0: her eyes. So uh, I guess that's when James is like, fuck it, bite. I don't know if this is, like, after they've already pulled her off and she, like, isn't feeling it for a second, but it says that... She's describing some violent sounds, some of which sound like maybe they're tearing him apart in the background. Right. But something that I forgot, Edward and Carlisle and Alice, they don't notice right away that he's bitten her.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't. They don't. And it she takes her them. insisting <laughs> on it, which is, like, really iconic in the movie. She's like, my hand it's burning. <laughs>
0: like, yeah. <laughs> she says so it really funny. She's, like, convulsing and, ah, oh, it's so good. <laughs> She's, like, screaming at them. Yeah, he calls Edward an angel
1: and thinks she's hallucinating an angel this whole time, which I think is, like, gonna be even more fun because Edward clearly sees himself as a monster. He's referred to himself as a monster in Midnight Sun from the parts that we've read before, but also from the quotes that we've just read. I mean, that's gonna be really funny to hear, like,
0: to see, like, how he narrates the section. They realize that James bit Bella and then alice says edward you have to do it alluding to sh- he has to suck out the venom and it's like why why does he have to do it why is he the one that physically has to do it that's um, what i wrote I'm
1: like, carlisle clearly would be in a better
0: position to do it yeah like if if we have to assign tasks in this situation there's a couple different tasks <laughs> like one of them is suck the venom out of bella's fucking arm. One of them is uh stop the bleeding in her leg or something, I think, which Carlisle insists that he has to do despite the fact that Edward has also been to medical school. True. So, I feel like that's not a hard thing to do is to, like hold her whatever wound closed yeah. while he takes the blood from her arm. Well, he says he does that and then but then when Edward is actually sucking the venom out, Carlisle <laughs> has Bella in a headlock. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so i think maybe alice is holding her leg down and carlisle is locking her head which makes sense because otherwise she'd be like thrashing her head against the floor and probably giving herself even more of a concussion
1: you know when edward finally sucks out all the venom and can tell that her blood tastes clean he says that she can he can taste the morphine. Mm. Which means that Carlisle came with assume I assume a backpack full of medical supplies to Phoenix yeah. for no good reason except to have it. Like it's a good idea, obviously, that he had it, but I mean like for he, he gets to airport security and they say, What is this? He
0: says, Trust me, I'm a doctor.
1: Yeah, okay, so one of two <laughs> things happened. He packs it in a carry-on and has to explain it to airport security
0: or mm-hmm. he puts it in his
1: checked bag and then they have to wait for a bag at baggage claim while bella's out bleeding on the ground <laughs> presumably yeah. and that's maybe what takes them so long i don't know
0: maybe alice and jasper already had it like with them and they drove it down there wild maybe, maybe
1: they're planning on drugging her if she like refused <laughs> to like go along with
0: whatever plan they came up with for the future <laughs> also he knows what morphine tastes like now so that's cute i guess does that affect him this is a really important moment for edward mm-hmm. because he spends the in- literal entire book telling bella and himself and everyone that he's not strong enough to be around her yeah and then he's forced to be in this situation where he has to take her he has to drink her blood um and then he's strong enough to do it so i'm like proud of him and he's like definitely seems like he's proud of himself and like that's cool But he definitely does, like, later on discuss it as something that was impossible to do, but he did it anyway.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like, if something's impossible to do, you didn't do it. A bone (laughs) to pick about their choice to just kill James right away. Okay. And not in a torture way, except a little. He's the (laughs) only person alive on this earth. He's not alive. Oh, he's the only person on this earth that Mm -hmm. has any information about Alice, which I guess they don't know. I don't know when they find out. Yeah. I don't know when they find that out, but... They probably don't find it out till after. The thing I would have done is kept him alive to torture him for information about Alice's past life. Mm. But I guess you're right. They don't know what the connection is there because Alice didn't know that he was being tracked.
0: She was being tracked by him. Bella's trying to communicate that stuff about Alice like at the beginning. But it seems like we don't know how much time has passed between like over these couple of pages.
1: Right, because we're get- learning it from the limited perspective of Bella, who's in right. and out of consciousness. I'm wondering, like, what kind of fill-in-the-blank stuff we'll have when we get to Midnight Sun, when we have Edward, who's there. 455,
0: Carlisle's telling Edward that he needs to decide if he's going to suck out the, blood- the venom from Bella's blood. And he says, it's your decision, Edward, either way. Like, whether or not he's going to try to save her, or he's going to allow her to turn into a vampire. And I'm like, that's fun and fresh that it's... His decision, and like Bella can't make that decision. I understand that she's in pain, but it's like Bo. didn't Bo was like in that moment he was like, just like let it happen,
1: <laughs> yeah, Archie played a much larger role in, That's right in that than um Alice is so something else too which is f- fun huge theme okay. in the last three chapters of this book which i think it's been culminating to this point is this right complete lack of agency on bella's pers- point for this moment for right. her, all their conversations in the hospital for the prom <laughs> it just keeps
0: getting worse <laughs> yeah i mean she loses her agency and then at the same time like where she's completely lost her agency in the moment of like that it it just coincides intersects with the moment that edward has to decide whether or not he's going to try to do this really important thing and he completely takes control over her life in that moment and it's like the pinnacle of his like character's development of like being like yes i can actually do this thing after all and i can like reach this level of self-control and like overcome my nature or whatever it is And uh, I do not love that. Yeah, I, in fact, hate it. Yeah. (laughs) It coincides with the loss of
1: Bella's agency on, like, a lot of fronts. Like, Mm -hmm. Harley has now enforced stricter rules, which I would argue is a good thing. She's experiencing this, like, complete loss of control and reliance on other people that Mm -hmm. is, like, really alarming.
0: Yeah, I mean, she's tried to make a lot of decisions for herself over the course of the book. And then, like, like, the plan to go to Phoenix was her idea- Things do not work out well for her, like making that big decision. It feels like
1: the only person that respects Bella's like agency throughout the series is Renee, because Mm. the one person that doesn't like steamroll her decisions is Renee, because Renee wanted her to go with them Mm -hmm. to like Florida or to like wherever they were going next. And Bella's like, no, like I'm gonna go live in Forks with my dad. And Renee is like, okay. Yeah. And then in, in, in the hospital when Bella wakes up, Renee is like, you're coming to Florida, right? And Bella's like, no. And Renee's like,
0: okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I have some thoughts about Renee also. Don't like that. Don't like that at all. Hate it. I'm very curious to see Edward's perspective of all of that. And then also interested when we eventually get to New Moon to see, like, how that's reading there as well.
1: Everyone is trying to tell her that they know what's best for her. And, like... They don't even want to like consider that she could have a thought no one yeah. even asks it's not like they even try to like humor her yeah they have the background information to know that it's not what she would choose for herself <laughs> we hate it yep we do chapter 23 was super short yeah. 24 is a little bit longer 24 is where bella starts to wake up in the hospital and contrary to what happens in the movie when she wakes up it's edward there <laughs> not renee's <laughs> big ass face <laughs> this Hi. close to the screen <laughs> like Bella.
0: <laughs> hey hey <laughs> when i die that's what i want to see <laughs> <laughs>
1: be waking up in heaven or hell yeah hey. <laughs> <Dwarf. Anna>.
0: yeah <laughs> she was real all along <laughs> she in fact is god
1: <laughs> when i die i want to wake up in that moment
0: yeah. as bella right your life was a dream yeah (laughs) yeah this was all a dream this is one of the most interesting conversations that they have in the whole book i think this conversation that bella and edward have in the hospital there's a lot of dynamics kind of converging at once some promises and not promises are made but i also feel like bella is trying now more than ever to assert herself yes and it's not necessarily working yeah no conclusions are made that's why it's called an impasse because they end up not deciding on anything that's also when renee meets edward and also the other collins
1: Huge. you know bella wakes up and she has a broken leg four broken ribs some cracks in her skull bruises covering every inch of her skin and she's lost a ton of blood and gotten a bunch of transfusions she does not look nearly this fucked up in the movie
0: no she must like cracks in her skull like her head must be like i'm surprised they didn't have to like shave all of her hair off you know
1: yeah huge
0: she must be so concussed yeah like when is it it's march yes it's just gonna take her so long i think that like the prom is probably like may may or yeah may or june at the latest probably may yeah and she still
1: has her her like her walking
0: cast on it must have been like her femur that like fucking snapped yeah yeah ouch dude that's the biggest bone in your body (laughs) yeah we hate to see it 460 edward describes sucking the venom out of her blood as it was impossible to stop impossible but i did i must love you love saved them it was because of love in this situation if, if it was love that allowed him to stop is love the antithesis of loss of control or yeah like whatever it is that he's been talking about this whole time like his nature is it the antithesis of male nature <laughs> love is the thing that tames the monster
1: yeah tames the monster uh like cures the the sickness or the death or like right you know like in um beauty and the beast when her like true love tear falls on him and like transforms him back into a human right in <laughs> like tangled when like her hair isn't working anymore but she like loves him so much that he she like cures him or like even in like yeah. harry potter where like willie can jump in front of harry and save him plus right. protect him for right 17 Ever. years <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> like that's huge it's like yeah okay <laughs>
0: yeah they also have this like really funny little conversation where she asks don't i taste as good as i smell and he says even better better than i imagined and then she apologizes so creepy what what are you talking about right now
1: imagine like being the like nsa agent spying on the hospital at that moment and you're like
0: i know i was like you're in a public spot like you don't know what's around you and you're talking openly about vampires right now yeah different times but like I felt like that was weird. There's this conversation where Edward
1: starts accusing her of like, you should have told me and you should have waited for me. And she tells him, you wouldn't have let me go. And he agrees and he's like, no, I wouldn't have. And honestly, I think in a world where she has a better relationship, a more established relationship with Alice and Jasper, she should Uh have let them be her co-conspirators in this. And like, Uh let's not involve Edward. Like he's far enough away that- he doesn't need to know what's going on Mm -hmm. let's the three like the three of us let's fix this like let's finish this you bring you direct them to here when they're like touched down on the plane and we can hold them off 461 edward
0: tells bella that alice and carlisle love her and i was like (laughs) i'm soft
1: And she does that as an explanation for why they were able to stay in the room while she
0: was bleeding out. Yeah, I feel like that's not what it is. It's just they have more self-control.
1: Yeah, super weird. They start to talk about how, like, Alice got access to the the tape and kind of learn a little bit about her backstory. It's so frustrating because it's, like, that's probably not what she wanted to know, you know? Like, of Mm -hmm. all the things that she could learn about, she probably didn't care as much about, like, who why she is this way yeah like her creator she probably would care more about her pre-asylum family family and life
0: the part that i forgot though was that she was always in the dark and that's why she didn't remember she was literally kept in darkness
1: which is super weird
0: that doesn't make a lot of sense to me
1: i don't know was there electricity back then
0: yes it was the 20s
1: (laughs) you're right definitely know when electricity was founded (laughs) invented (laughs) found they found it they figured it out it was hiding somewhere they found it and now we all have it um yeah (laughs) i don't know i don't know why they would keep her in darkness they maybe they just thought that that was the way to stop the the visions Visions. i guess it's like sensory
0: deprivation but i mean they could have just been being like cruel you know that's probably what it was but it's also like is not historically accurate as far as i know um i feel like asylums were a certain way back then even the really shitty ones which was like probably all of them but like they had they had certain methods to deal with all kinds of hysteria which was like the broad term f- for women being alive and yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe she would have been like a couple steps more intense than that if she was prophetic in some way but I don't know, unless, I don't know how that was impacting her. Like, I don't know if she was, like, normal except for she could, she would have visions or if, like, the visions were, like, severely impairing her ability to function.
1: Maybe. Throughout this whole thing, she, she asks, like, why are you here? Like, trying to get the story straight on, like, what her parents think is going on like why they think she's there and edward and carlisle and alice happen to be there as well Mm -hmm. and edward takes that to mean like oh you don't want me to be here and she starts to panic
0: yeah she's really panicky here i like she's obviously traumatized yes but it seems like
1: what often happens after trauma is that people bond to people that have also experienced that trauma with them or like have some sort of knowledge about the trauma that they experienced she has the anxiety that she's feeling probably because of this trauma definitely because of this trauma she's projecting onto her relationships with edward and
0: so if he leaves she feels panic yeah and that comes up a lot in this section in general first renee comes in i think oh also alice fabricated the evidence of their cover story of her falling down two flights of stairs at a hotel and going through a window and i'm like just imagining alice like getting into a cannonball and smashing herself around around a hotel i feel like she was like okay jasper push me (laughs) (laughs) push me really hard
1: so renee's coming back and yeah. even like as edward is like about to pretend to like fall asleep she still panics and she's like don't leave don't leave and it's like this is your mom are you never yeah
0: gonna- your mom who you haven't seen in months
1: yeah you're never gonna see your parents alone for, like without edward being there ever again like you can That's love weird. your partner as much as you want but you still want to like have relationship with your family. With other people that yeah. they're not there for
0: Also, I think it's hilarious, Edward pretending to sleep.
1: Oh, yeah, that's...
0: (laughs) Don't forget to breathe, I whispered (laughs) sarcastically. He takes, like, a big dramatic breath, like... (gasps) Yeah, so she comes in, Bella is happy to see her, um, but Renee is like, also immediately skeptical of Edward.
1: Yeah, valid.
0: And I'm like, great. Me too. She's like, he never leaves, does he? I have a lot of feelings about Renee in this section. (laughs) Obviously, Renee is, like, assuming that Bella's going to come to florida which makes sense because she told charlie that she was gonna go live with her mom so like that makes sense yeah renee is like that will work out because phil got signed so like we're gonna stay in one place and she says phil will be will be able to be around so much more now we've talked about it a lot and what i'm going to do is trade off on the away games half the time with you half the time with him i'm like you're still like i understand that she's almost 18 bella but like Even in this situation, she's still going to, like, not be with her daughter half the time. I feel super weird about that.
1: Yeah, I guess, like...
0: Is that what she's saying?
1: I think she's saying, like, during the baseball season... Yeah. She'll be home... They'll obviously all be home for all the home games. Yeah. And then for the away games, which I guess are, like, if baseball... My baseball knowledge is serving me, there's, like, three days-ish of games... Every time you go away. So she said that she would go to, like, half of those. So she would only be gone. I don't know how many, like, games people play a season Mm. or anything like that. But she'd only probably be traveling every, like, three or four weeks. Okay, that makes more
0: sense. but But also
1: it's, like, I don't know that people in minor league baseball... Or, like, I don't know that families travel...
0: It's more regional, I think.
1: Yeah, with people two away games all all the time
0: well yeah that's what i was thinking i'm like this is it's just such a peculiar situation that i can't relate to which is renee wanting to follow phil around and go to every single one of his baseball games as like his trophy wife
1: just <laughs> like renee have a job also like if she's gonna travel i don't think she does she must not which is so strange Because I guess she just, like, got married because she had to be working when Bella was young because she was a single mother.
0: Right. When did she meet Phil? I don't know.
1: Probably recently. Recently.
0: And so she just decided that
1: her career was done and she was, like, cool. I guess so.
0: She she wasn't working when when she was married to Charlie, I don't think. She was a stay-at-home mom.
1: Let me say some things about Jacksonville. Okay. Okay. It sucks. Jacksonville (laughs) is... (laughs) One of probably the worst cities in Florida as someone who's from Florida. You've got Tampa, Orlando, Miami, Jacksonville, Tallahassee, and that's pretty much it. And then you have like college towns like Pensacola and Gainesville. None of them are great. I'll Mm -hmm. be honest. Miami is as good as you're going to get it. The more north you go in Florida, the more like the deep south it becomes. In Florida, Jacksonville is north Florida and it is
0: Panhandle, right?
1: yeah no it's uh on the it is not on the panhandle pensacola's in the oh, panhandle
0: okay it's like it's just in northern oh, tallahassee's florida. in
1: the panhandle tallahassee's like closer to the panhandle
0: okay i don't know anything it's just there's
1: nothing there like at least okay. in tallahassee it's like the capital of florida it's yeah. got a major university it's got florida state and gainesville has uf and jacksonville has none of that it is just not a fun place to be renee says it's always sunny and the humidity really isn't that bad it is not always that is a misconception about florida it's called the sunshine state we have more rainy days than most places Mm. i grew up in florida we are the lightning my city is the lightning strike capital of the world um, (laughs) because of how many thunderstorms we have right and um, hurricanes the humidity is that bad Mm -hmm. certainly is that bad (laughs) And you don't even get any of the like like Florida's just a trash place and Jacksonville is not even among the top five places that you could be in Florida. So mm. this would not be an advantageous move for Bella and she made the right decision.
0: Also, it's like if she did move there, I guess it would be for like a year. It would be for a year until she went to college. I was thinking it would not be that long, but it
1: just like doesn't make a great case either
0: because she's like uprooted her life from Phoenix why do it again and then do it again after? Why do it
1: again for your senior year and then have to make a college decision based
0: on a city that you've lived in for a year? It would not have made sense for her to, like, have to go to Florida, but I'm, like, glad that Renee, like, isn't pushy about it. Yeah. Um, But she's immediately, like, it's because of Edward. Definitely is,
1: like, oh, I get it.
0: And, like, Bella's extremely aware of like, the thinly veiled curiosity about Edward that her mother is uh, putting forth, which is very interesting. Like, I feel like as Bella is narrating Renee talking to her, she, it's like narrating talking to some... It's more like when she's narrating talking to Jessica and Jessica's like... She's just being... Going off and like saying a bunch of things and Bella's like, oh yeah, I'm trying... I'm being mindful of like listening to Jessica right now and Jessica's like this and... Yeah, she's um, just kind of dismissive. This, is, this was the red flag for me on 468 renee says well he seems very nice and my goodness he is incredibly good looking but you're so young bella her voice was unsure as far as i could remember this was the first time since i was eight that she'd come close to trying to sound like a parental authority i recognized the reasonable but firm to- tone of voice from the talks i had with her about men yeah her mom hasn't been an authority figure to her since she was eight years old yeah and presumably gave her a sex talk when she was eight which tracks in the clips at least the movie that i remember but what the fuck the way that she's talking the way that bella is narrating renee talking to her it's it's like it sounds like bella is the parent and renee is the child
1: it is like definitely like the single mom experience to be like Mm. your mom is gonna be dating before you are Mm. and you're like gonna have to like watch that happen and be skeptical and be like well mom you shouldn't have dated this trash bag of a person (laughs) And then you get to, like, when you're dating and your mom is, like, doing the same thing to your, you and you're, like, excuse me, this is my role. <laughs> but, uh. but I feel like Bella takes it to the extent of, like, like, my mom is trying to lecture me about romance and I
0: haven't taken this woman seriously since I was eight. Really explains a lot about Bella. For sure. That it's been nine years since she's had someone that she considers... authority figure also like she loves her mom and like with that love does not seem to come
1: respect which is really weird because like she she loves her mom it's her best friend but she doesn't seem to respect her as a parent i mean not that there's i feel like she just hasn't had the opportunity to disrespect her because she's so like good naturally like Bella's a good kid she doesn't have to be like disciplined or anything like that but god if there was a a behavioral thing that was going on like i don't know how it would go
0: yeah this is interesting too because she says she uses the excuse of charlie needs her and he can't cook as like she's take care of charlie like she can't not that renee's asking her to take care of her but like she's Bella feels like she spent her whole life taking care of Renee and now she's trying to take care of Charlie who, you know, doesn't really need it because Charlie's on his own. But then just to skip ahead a little bit after Renee leaves and Bella and Edward are arguing a little bit about why won't you like you should have let me become a vampire when James bit me. And he's like, well, what about your parents? Like, you're just going to abandon your parents. And It's the only answer that she can't. She's having a hard time coming up with. And she says, look, that's not an issue either but she says she's lying. Renee has always made the choices that work for her she'd want me to do the same and charlie was charlie's resilient he's used to being on his own i can't take care of them forever i have to live my own life and it's like she doesn't believe what she's saying but it is also true
1: yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. it's so weird um another thing with renee as you mentioned it she leaves her 17 year old daughter alone in the hospital which i think you legally i think you have to have a parent present for medical care to be like administered anyway i might be wrong i don't know obviously they're not going to not treat a 17 year old that goes into a hospital but like if your parent is able to be there i think like the thing is like you stay
0: right and that we, we, that weirded me out too because like they're having this conversation and then um bella feels like her mom's looking at the clock and she's like oh do you need to go yeah Where the- like your daughter has so many broken bones yeah and like, she's like and well sh- phil
1: is gonna call soon i didn't know you were gonna me. wake up like
0: it's like you can take the phone call from the room
1: like i had what the fuck was it called i had norovirus on my birthday a couple of years ago right and i was like 20 21 22 and i happened to be at home in between like semesters or wherever and like i had to go to the hospital because i was violently ill and mm. my mom would not have left for a second even though i was like in my 20s you know what i mean yeah right because she was there like what was she gonna do go home right <laughs> like i was in the hospital and like i was fine and bella is arguably not fine like she could at any moment have any complication from the number of injuries that she sustained there and she's emotionally distressed
0: also renee like i'll be back soon okay I've been sleeping here, you know, she announced, proud of herself. Yeah. Proud of herself. And then Bella's like, oh, you don't have to do that. And she says, I was too nervous, she admitted sheepishly. There's been some crime in the neighborhood and I don't like being there alone. She's not been sleeping there because to like watch over Bella. She's there because she doesn't want to sleep uh, in the neighborhood where the ballet studio was burnt down.
1: It is such a weird dynamic that like mm-hmm. she views her so much more self-sufficient than I think she is. Mm-hmm. Like, she's still 17 and she hasn't seen a lot of this beautiful green earth that we have, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, she's done almost nothing mm. in her life, yeah. you know, to be like treating her like, oh, you'll be fine here, right? Like, what does Bella know about advocating right. for herself
0: in the healthcare system? Leaving her with this boyfriend that she's skeptical of. Yeah. Renee says she likes Carlisle and Alice. And, like who wouldn't but yeah well it's almost
1: like i imagine that if this happened and charlie was there like charlie would be in the room like you know the way that charlie yeah. acts when bella goes into the hospital because she gets hit by the car he is like i'm gonna take your license i'm gonna fuck you up like mm-hmm. i'm gonna like be right here like i got here as soon as i could like i don't mm-hmm. think he would leave i no. think it like really demonstrates a difference in parenting between someone who literally just got his daughter back a year ago and mm-hmm. someone who grew
0: up with her for 17 years it's like so right strange. and that reminds me that we don't directly we don't have charlie for the rest of the book no we he's mentioned but he's mentioned and he like called, he's on the phone a little bit but anyway i guess renee leaves and that's all we get of renee bye and <laughs> edward comes back they stole a car <sighs> yeah He says, it was a good car. Very fast. They're all the fucking same. They all fucking love their nice cars. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Can you, I just like, how, when you become a vampire, does something in in you change where you like, just have a need for speed on the road because you're so fast other places? Because if I became a vampire, I would still probably be driving my like 2011 Toyota Camry. Like, I don't think I would get a fancy car. I think I might get a Prius.
0: Mm, something environmentally nice
1: you know how the the cullens are like let's uh do as much good as we can while we're here if we're gonna be like a stain on the earth of, of like the planet or whatever i feel like that would be me but i would be like i would just like join green love and like all the like whatever greenpeace <laughs> organizations yeah. i'd be like
0: phone banking at two in the morning <laughs> <laughs> no i would not phone bank not even as an eternal being <laughs> yeah <laughs> Okay, so the rest of their dramatic conversation happens. It was punctuated by this fun little Renee conversation, but he's like, I'm surprised you don't want to go to Florida. Why are you surprised? She's like, well, you wouldn't be able to come to Florida with me. Like, you'd have to be inside all day, which is not true if it's as rainy as you say it is. And he's like, well, I wouldn't go with you. Like, I would stay here where you i couldn't hurt you and then she like literally starts to have a panic attack yeah it grinds my
1: gears because people are assuming that bella i mean renee for good reason but like why would edward think that bella would go to florida like she made the choice in the first place to go to forks and like other than edward like what else has changed not very much like she still Mm -hmm. wants renee and phil to be able to live their lives that hasn't changed like she already made this decision this decision wasn't made because edward was in forks she didn't know that edward was in forks she went there anyway and she probably would have lived out her like the rest of her high school life in forks if edward wasn't there it's
0: also like florida's like not her home yeah you know phoenix was her home right and they're not the same no (laughs) she's so stressed out that the nurse is coming in to like be like do you need more medication like to put her back to sleep because she needs the rest because she's so damaged
1: She's, like, really fucked up. She's, like, panicky, and Edward's, like, calm down, calm down, and she's just, like, don't leave me, don't leave me. She's, like, sobbing and gasping, and, like, it's so awful, and then... Yeah,
0: she says, don't leave me, and he says, I won't. And I'm, like, bitch. You do, though. You do, and he swears it, and then, like, he goes back on it, like, in a page, but...
1: Yeah, and he, like, literally takes it, takes it back, and then it's clear that they both need help processing the two truths that like bella is like oh i wouldn't be here because if it weren't for edward and edward's like well you wouldn't be i don't know just like you wouldn't
0: be in danger if it weren't for me they both need help processing those things right they're existing at the same time it pisses me off he starts acting like an asshole here like she's freaking out something like a lot of things are clearly wrong with her right now and she calms down a little bit and he like mumbles overreaction i'm like you have overreacted to absolutely everything that has happened to you in the past three months he went to alaska
1: yeah like not even three months like the past like hundred years yes (laughs) yeah he threatens her and then follows through with it to like drug her back to sleep because they keep reaching this like impasse
0: he tells her to be rational we were i mean we were just speaking of like hysteria and alice but like that i mean that's something that has historically happened to women especially who are hospitalized or in mental asylums or like anything like that like presently and throughout history like yeah using medical tactics to control people and like it's like the yellow wallpaper you know literally
1: like drugging women so that they can't express grievances right there's this like moment where bella is trying to like express to him that she wants their relationship to be on more equal footing and the way that stephanie wrote it is horrific i will give this this to everyone like (laughs) a man and woman have to be somewhat equal as in one of them can't always be swooping in and saving the other one they have to save each other equally
0: and it's like okay <laughs> in a normal relationship no one has to save the other person yeah in no way in no way do you have to save someone else it's not reform the relationship it's <laughs> abolish <laughs> the, the need relationship. To each other yeah <laughs> She also describes that as being... She doesn't want to always be Lois Lane. She also wants to be Superman. I hate it.
1: You can't convince me that Bella Swan has
0: (laughs) seen Superman. It's like what Superman was available at that time. Uh, Not the Henry Cavill one. I know. And that's the best one. (laughs) (laughs) He kind of rescinds it. He doesn't promise her. It's weird. At first, he's swearing it. And then he's like not saying it. And then by the time he's like having her knocked out with drugs he says as long as what makes you happy as long as it's what's best for you and she's like that's not the same thing but she's like losing consciousness
1: and the catch is that it doesn't matter if she thinks it's what's best for her it's what he thinks is best for her which like is the whole root of the problem is that right
0: he wants to make decisions for her it
1: is horrifying to me that Mm -hmm. he drugs her like he literally says i'll send in the nurse and she says i won't take it and he says, I don't think they're going to ask you to swallow anything. And then he literally grabs the thing and and says, I think we're ready for more pain meds.
0: Literally, like, forces her to go to sleep. I think that, like, Bella is obviously really right in this situation. And, like, all of Edward's excuses about why he wouldn't want to change her, kind of, like, going out the window. Because, like, she's like, don't tell me it's too hard because you already tasted my blood and you pulled away.
1: And is like, I know other vampires, <laughs>
0: yeah and like it's revealed to edward inadvertently in this section that alice did tell her the mechanics of vampire making so alice is (laughs) in danger yeah run away (laughs) edward lets slip that alice has
1: seen bella changed already to be a vampire bella actually guesses that is the case and that's what edward has been threatening alice not to
0: tell bella he hasn't changed his narrative at all even though he's found the self-control to save her like he hasn't changed uh, uh, because like maybe after all this time it wasn't about surprise surprise it wasn't about his ability it was about taking control over bella's choices he's like making it very much about himself being like well i shouldn't exist and it's like well you do so So, (laughs) drop that down she says that's stupid go off that's like going to someone who just won the lottery taking their money and saying look let's just go back to how things should be it's better that way and i'm not buying it and he's like being like okay we're not having this conversation and she says if you think that's the end then you don't know me very well you're not the only vampire i know
1: Mm -hmm. she's really trying to like fight back against this and she doesn't like go peacefully she at the very end is like i'm betting on alice like i will become a vampire right and and then she falls asleep because he fucking drugged her
0: it's the first time they really talk about the inevitability that if he doesn't change her she will get old and die yeah it's the first time they're naming that out loud and he doesn't really engage with that
1: yeah it's like distressing to her and to him he's like whatever
0: yeah he's like that's how it's gonna be and like i don't buy that he's really grasped that I I don't think that he would grasp it until it started to, like, happen. Right. Until she was, like, maybe in her late 20s. And he, I mean, he's right that, like, things, like, she, she, there's a possibility that if she stayed human, she would move on and, like, not want to be with him anymore. And I think that's probably really true honestly yeah and i would invite that (laughs) i would invite it but
1: i would also be concerned with his possessive nature that he thinks he would be able to walk away and let her live her life right and i truly don't think that would be what happened i think it would be a very different book but i think he would be stalking her and whoever in her future was a threat to like him and her being together true. because yeah. he was unable to make the decision years prior to change her and it's like true. you don't get both yeah you're totally right he thinks he's like all self-sacrificing Sacrificing, and yeah. that he would just like go die if and when
0: she got mm-hmm. bored with him but i don't think that's the case sure yeah he's not as self-aware as he thinks he is <laughs> and why would he be like he's never had he's never had anything his limits tested in the way that they're being tested right now whenever he's being a dick but i stand her stubbornness she's trying to stay true to herself even though everyone's denying her agency that's all we can ask for apparently that's the end of that chapter Shall we do your love it for spite? yeah so <laughs> For our mini segment, Love at First Bite, I have prepared the final profile of the season. The profile says, um, like, three miles away, and I just put 20, which is a guess. Um, the photos are, um, the first photo is, like, like a ballerina oh my photo, God. um, and then the second photo is, like, like a brick building with a black and white filter over it, and oh, then- Oh, it's the ca- not
1: the fucking ballet studio. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: The caption says, (laughs) broken inside. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. okay. Broken inside, but like a phoenix, I rise from the ashes. (laughs) And the song is Tchaikovsky's Swan Lake. (laughs) Oh my god. It's the ballet studio. Yeah. (laughs) Swipe
1: right. Swipe right.
0: I cannot think of a single fucking person that I wanted to do. A I know.
1: I think we've done everyone. <laughs> so. I think that might have been the death
0: of Love at First Bite. I don't. Yeah.
1: You need for us to it
0: forward. <laughs> we'll have a different mini segment next season. Yeah, we'll come up with something fun and fresh. Yeah, for Midnight Sun. So glad you're swiping right on the ballet studio.
1: Of course, I can never escape my dance past. Okay. The
0: chapter that really made me the angriest is the epilogue. Okay. Before we start, um, I had a little bit of time before we started recording, and this is the famous prom chapter epilogue, and I remembered that Stephanie Meyer wrote a short story for the anthology Prom from Hell. Wait, Oh, remember that? I do vaguely, yeah. Prom Nights from Hell. It's an anthology featuring stories from Meg Cabot, Kim Harrison, Michelle Jaffa, Stephanie Meyer, and Lauren Miracle, like all YA Women, they all wrote like short stories about paranormal prom nights, and I read Stephanie Myers because I was like, was it "What's good? going on here?" No, it was horrible. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> I literally, I almost stopped reading it because I was like not having a good time. Well, I'm gonna read it um, later. Her story is available uh, just like on a random website. It's called Hell on Earth. It's the uh, the last, I believe, story in the book. Oh my! And God. um, it's like a 20 minute read. <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was bad. Like, I would say that, I would, like, say that it is poorly written. Oh, wow. And disinteresting. You know, whatever. Um, but it's also problematic. She managed to be problematic. Does she manage and to be anti-indigenous? Possibly. I think she managed to be broadly a little bit racist. Oh my god, Stephanie. She managed to inject a lot of, uh, religi- religiosity, so. I'm the, so tired the, of this bitch. I know, the plot
1: I'm gonna read Midnight said, but I'm tired.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The plot of Hell on Earth is that it's at a prom, and at first you're, like, following this guy named Gabe. His full name is Gabriel Christensen. Sounds religious, right? Spoiler alert, he ends up being an angel. Half an angel. (laughs) (laughs) It is a demons and angels story. There's demons. It largely centers around the demons and a little bit around this angel, and you don't know that he's... An angel or half angel until the very end it's not interesting so like i'm spoiling it um basically it's this prom this guy gabe it doesn't seem like he's aware that he's an angel this guy is a high school student he's at his prom he's not having a good time and then it's kind of like revealed that like no one's having a good time like a lot of things are going wrong um no one's there like with who they want to be there with and like people are getting injured the punch has been spiked like everyone's like drunk. I don't know. I think there might be something paranormal about that also. Um, And then it's like weirdly revealed that there are two demons present. Um, It was honestly unclear because I couldn't like wrap my brain around what was happening, like why they were there. But one of the demons was Jezebel. Oh, wow. Very demonic. She like had some sort of stake in what was going on. But, yeah, like, she was literally a demon who was, like, her, like, sexuality was being very demonized and everything like that. And then there was this other demon named Sheba who was, like, a younger demon, like, not as experienced. And Sheba was, like, masquerading as a high school student and was, like, the one wreaking most of the havoc and making people miserable and, like, controlling people. It was, like, it was just, like, not well thought out, honestly. Sheba was first described as exotic-looking.
1: Oh, Jesus And beautiful.
0: And later described as having almond-shaped eyes. At one point, one, one girl is described as a whore. Um, oh,
1: bold of her, to, Yeah. <laughs> okay, Stephanie.
0: Yeah. Stephanie um, Meyer's
1: Dark Years.
0: It was, like, pretty sexual, honestly. Like, it, it felt like reading, like, some kind of fan fiction that i don't want to be reading so she was trying to get like she's trying to create chaos and like get everyone to be miserable and at one point like she even got this kid to bring a gun like there's a kid with a gun he's like she's like trying to get him to like shoot everyone what the yeah. fuck it's
1: so weird read the like, room stephanie there, we have a huge gun violence problem
0: in america I know. it's like oh my god it was just so messy and like the ending was weird and like it i was so bored honestly um but i wanted to read it because i was like I wonder what, like when, the, I don't know when it was written. It was published in 2009, but it was just like this weird situation where like there were so many high school students that you have to keep track of and they all have first and last names. And like, there's like this weird implication of like a, one of the teachers was like acting inappropriately with one of the students and like. So much oh, so stuff. She just
1: threw in everything she possibly could have.
0: And then blamed it on a uh, woman of color. <laughs> Excellent. Hate We hate to see it. So that's available to read for free if you want to read something awful. Let's jump into this trash epilogue. Yeah, I want to hear all of your thoughts on an occasion. Yes.
1: Bella immediately is angry. Mm -hmm. She doesn't want anything to do with whatever Edward has planned. She's mad. She has elaborately styled curls, a walking cast, silk chiffon, flowers, and edward won't tell her where they're going she has no knowledge of what she's about to walk into she knows that alice is in on it because alice was doing her hair and makeup and treated her like
0: guinea pig barbie her stiletto heel is held on only by satin ribbons yeah what kind of shoe is that
1: i think it's like like a like a you know like a stiletto that has like an ankle like tie that was like popular yeah gross disgusting i feel really bad for bella like edward hasn't said where they're going she only figures it out because edward gets a phone call from charlie and tyler has showed up at her house to take her to prom and edward is a little bitch about it and is like well charlie Mm -hmm. how about you let me talk to tyler (laughs) tyler to tyler he says hello tyler this is edward cullen and she's like what the fuck is tyler doing at my house blah 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 The awful truth began to dawn on me. I looked at the inappropriate dress Alice had forced me into. Edward says, I'm sorry if there's been some kind of miscommunication, but Bella is unavailable tonight. The threat in his voice was suddenly much more evident as he continued. To be perfectly honest, she'll be unavailable every night as far as anyone besides myself is concerned. No offense, and I'm sorry about your evening. Which is, like, disgusting! Jesus Christ. Disgusting. (laughs) Let Bella be angry at Tyler for him thinking that he was gonna take her to prom without communicating that to her let Bella be angry about that don't tell other people like oh you can't hang out with bella anymore because uh actually she's unavailable forever because
0: she's mine like fuck off right he's so cocky here and it's like it's obviously coming from a place of jealousy and possessiveness but it's like this is not even a blip on her radar like, she didn't even know he this was happening.
1: Yeah, this is why it's so unrealistic to me that Edward thinks that he's just gonna walk out of her life one day and that she he's not gonna be, like, an emotional, like, terrorist about it.
0: I just can't believe that he, in addition to all that, he has the audacity to be angry that someone else thinks he's taking her to prom when she doesn't even know that he's taking her to prom.
1: Yeah, it's so fucked up. And then she immediately starts
0: crying yeah because she's angry as someone who hated school dances i would have broken up with this person
1: she's being dragged against her will she th- considers refusing to get out of the car she's like crying her face is burning she's upset that other all these people in her life have collaborated on this like alice charlie edward they're all in it they're all like conspiring together to get her to go to prom and i mm-hmm. would have made the biggest scene in Mm -hmm. the world Mm -hmm. if they had if someone had ever tried to like play me like that no way it would be over i would move
0: to jacksonville
1: I would move. <laughs> I don't know if I would move to Jacksonville. But I would be gone. Like, you'd yeah. never see me again.
0: And he doesn't even show any remorse. She narrates, I never dreamed he was thinking of subjecting me to this. Didn't he know me at all? I would be so insulted. He just says, Don't be difficult, Bella. Excuse you. Like, You've been difficult this entire fucking book. You're the most difficult person I've ever read.
1: accuse her of being difficult for knowing what situations she's uncomfortable in, I got right. so
0: mad. They, for some reason, believe that, like, this is an important thing for her to do. And it's, like, Bellet at one point, even says, like, I don't know how to communicate to him that, like, I don't I'm not interested in a normal human life. Why do they think that has any meaning for not only her, but, like, for anyone? Like, they're so, they don't they shouldn't care about human tradition at all. And like, they often don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, Edward does, but like, in so many other ways, they are not attached to human tradition. But then like, this is the one thing that they're trying to anchor her to. And it's like, there are other significant things that they could encourage her to do that she would probably enjoy doing. Yeah. but Like, why like is Like, traveling? A job. I don't know. College, let alone college. Like, it makes me
1: so angry. Like, oh my god like she is freaking out about it before she even remembers that people dance at these things And yeah. then she remembers like oh my god i'm gonna have to dance and she gets panicked all over again and it's like yeah. why are you doing this to her she's had a hard time lately and you're making she's, it worse
0: she's crying and he says this is completely completely ridiculous why are you crying he demanded in frustration and she says because i'm mad he's like humor me it's like why do you have no sympathy for your crying girlfriend i thought you catered to her every need
1: she cries and he's like why are you ruining my night basically right it's like abusive yeah <laughs> like, it is what the fuck like i'm We've so arrived. glad it played out differently in the movie i feel mm-hmm, like if they mm-hmm. this was the end of the movie i
0: would be like what the fuck uh,
1: like what yeah. the fuck? Like no yeah, god it makes not me good. angry
0: Katherine Hardwick made some good calls. Although the one thing that I wish she had done was include the other Collins at the prom.
1: Yeah, because the dresses that they describe
0: for Rosalie and Alice are like gorgeous. Like, show me Rosalie in that red dress. Okay, Rosalie's red dress that is plunging to her waistline. Her neckline goes, like, her tits are out. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) fully out. I do enjoy this little cutaway description of Bella's relationship with Emmett on the bottom of... Uh, 485 she describes emmett as rosalie's sometimes husband emmett enjoyed having me around he thought my bizarre human reactions were hilarious or maybe it was just the fact that i fell down a lot he found so funny <laughs> i'm obsessed with that relationship
1: she makes edward promise that like or he promises that like she like he won't leave her side at this dance and i'd be like you better leave like i'm gonna fuck you up i'm gonna run yeah. the second you're gone i'm out like goodbye yeah. i'm in the yeah. car
0: yeah. And i'm not getting back out <laughs> but apparently that makes her feel better
1: and then i feel like it's like stephanie just like trying to prove that bella's wrong and that edward is yeah. right by like making bella be like well it's not so bad and it's like right no it is it yeah. is
0: and it's like i get it like there have been situations in my life where i'm like absolutely dreading it and then i get there i'm like whatever it's fine but you but... usually made the choice to go Yeah, I'm not being forced to go somewhere. I'm not being tricked into doing something. Like, being tricked into it makes the anxiety so much worse, I'm sure. I feel
1: like it might have even been a different story if, like, it played out in a way where Edward was like, it's really important to me that you have human experiences and I'd like to take you to your prom. She might have considered it and, like, she might have been able to be like, well, I don't want to dance. I want to leave by this time. I want to wear what i want to wear i want to do xyz to make it the most comfortable for me but instead edward dressed her up like a fucking barbie toted her around and like didn't tell her she was going so she couldn't emotionally prepare for it at all or like set any boundaries
0: like is that the human experience having no autonomy because accurate but probably not the one that you want her to have (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) and i just and
1: then uh, jacob shows up and i I always think about like that text post that's like billy black didn't raise a (laughs) bitch and then someone replied it or like reblogged it and was like thinking about that time that um billy paid jacob to go to bella's prom and tell her to break up with edward perhaps billy black did (laughs) raise a bitch bitch.
0: (laughs) i did enjoy jacob for like one page here yeah jacob's fun until he started being like like not minding his business but like i mean i get it jacob Um, got paid twenty dollars to tell bella that
1: uh, she needs to be careful, break up with Edward, and that we'll be watching.
0: <laughs> yeah. 488, Bella and Edward are dancing, and she says, I feel like I'm five years old. Because she's, like, on his toes. Like, he's he's dancing with her on his feet. And he says, you don't look five. <laughs> Disgusting. You don't look five? <laughs> what the fuck?
1: Like, obviously. That, that, and, like, my god, like, that, like, you don't look five, and then literally on the next... <laughs> on that the next terrible. page bella goes wow jake how tall are you now and he goes
0: 62 smugly yeah. and it's like fuck off yeah stop uh, sexualizing these children
1: i know i know like,
0: edward is so doesn't want to let bella like dance with jacob whatever and then he gets
1: mad afterwards and bella's like well like don't be mad at billy and he's not mad at billy he's mad at jacob which is hilarious because he knows that billy paid jacob to go and he's mad at jacob because he sees jacob as a threat but he won't own up to it
0: right and i'm angry at what he says because he says (sighs) he said he's mad because he called you pretty and then he says, that's practically an insult, the way you look right now. You're much more than beautiful. It's like, shut the fuck up. Like other people are allowed to pay her compliments.
1: Yeah, like you're just like to play it off as like he didn't compliment you enough. It's like fuck off. You're just jealous. Like
0: And if he did compliment her more than that, he would have been absolutely furious. And I've he ripped his head off. Honestly, like I am annoyed that Jacob does hit on Bella here. I feel like honestly out of place. <laughs> she says i hope you're enjoying yourself see anything you like what kind of question is that and he says yeah but she's taken smooth wow and he says you look really pretty by the way like that's of course
1: inappropriate but i feel like edward's reaction is much more inappropriate than
0: like him trying to shoot his shot right does billy think this is gonna work i don't know like asking bella to please break up with edward Like, the threat, I get.
1: I feel like that's literally me, though. I'm like, I'll give you $20 if you can get them to break up. (laughs) Just try. (laughs) Like,
0: anything. Billy, he's really desperate, I guess.
1: The thing that upsets me, too, is, you know, Bella doesn't know what this night is for. She knows it's supposed to be, like, really important. And Bella is under the impression, her guess, her best guess, is that she thinks Edward is going to change her, which is so sad.
0: Yeah. She thinks, like, this is the night. I feel like that was such a... That I do feel like that is such a naive thing for her to think.
1: For sure, like I don't think that that was the realistic for her child. Yeah.
0: yeah, like girl, you got three more books. Why does she think that that would happen without it being discussed? I mean, like this, other, all these other things are happening without it being discussed. But like, they did not reach a conclusion at all with that. I don't know. I'm curious to see what you
1: think about the very end of the book, the like last line, because it leaves off at "I love you more than anything else in the world combined." isn't that enough? And and he says, yes, it is enough, enough for forever. And he leaned down to press his cold lips once more to my throat. Is that supposed to be a cliffhanger?
0: Um, I think I recall that Stephanie Meyer originally didn't intend for a little bit to write another one. It was supposed to be standalone. So I think it was supposed to be a little bit open-ended.
1: Yeah, like, a oh, like, she might have gotten changed. She might have not. Like, right. can you imagine <laughs> just reading just Twilight in a world where reading twilight as it like out right after it was published Mm. not knowing there was going to be a
0: sequel i feel like i wouldn't want one (laughs) i know i I actually thought that i was like wow i wish she had stopped (laughs) yeah i'm like "Uh." for more reasons than just like it's a mess it's just like so much like just all the racism that comes out in the next one too it's like we could have done without so much of this
1: yeah Yeah. that's twilight i mean i would give it like a fucking
0: eight out of (laughs) ten yeah i would give this section a lower rating i feel like it ended on a low note it ended
1: on a low note which sucks so much because like i like the beginning of the book so much more than the end
0: yeah the beginning half is so much fun and it becomes very distinctly unfun and it's honestly not gonna get more fun again (laughs) you're right the act of reading is gonna be
1: more fun for us as we read midnight sun but i think it will also probably be more infuriating because we're gonna get more of those little edward moments that are like controlling and annoying right
0: it's going to get worse before it gets quote unquote better. Um, but I'm actually really looking forward to New Moon and spending some quality time with Jacob because I feel like I haven't gotten to do that um, in a long time, maybe ever.
1: Yeah, I think I've read New Moon once or twice and oh. I, I haven't really read it because it is my least favorite.
0: I'm I'm hoping to give it a fresh shot.
1: Yeah, I really like I want to give it its fair fair chance
0: wow we finished the seminal text we did now it's all into the the sequels and
1: have any final thoughts i don't have anything more to say i feel like
0: i've become i've exhausted my exhausted my things to say
1: okay thanks for hanging in
0: we'll see you in midnight sun we'll see you for midnight sun it's gonna be really fun i'm really excited for that and uh, donate to move to higher ground oh we have to plug something Oh, we have to plug something. Yeah, I didn't write that down this time. Should we plug a thing that we've plugged? Should, like in general, like a general topic.
1: I, I can okay. I can go first. I think okay. I really liked when we plugged um, kitchen utensils, and you busted yeah. out with your uh,
0: Dutch oven, and I was like, "It's not a <laughs> utensil," but sure. <laughs> i'll plug i remember this from editing like more recently um the time where we we were here and i think we were like let's plug our favorite cookie and alex was here and we're like let's make alex plug a cookie and if he doesn't say the cookie that we made yesterday (laughs) and then he said that cookie (laughs) and we doubted him and he was like no i love
1: that cookie (laughs) that's a good one good times do you want to sign off thanks for hanging in there for another season we'll see you next season for oh my god midnight sun but for now that's all forks (laughs) thank you for listening to gender forking all of season one is now streaming to stay updated about the podcast, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at, at @genderforking. For more Twilight content from us, you can follow our blog at bowlingshirtbellas.tumblr.com. For other inquiries, email us at, at gmail.com.
0: If you're interested in supporting the production and maintenance of this podcast, head to patreon.com/genderforking. The music you are hearing is from O Lucifer.